0: This is a Sport Australia podcast
1: production. Hello and welcome to the Sport Governance podcast series. My name is Kate Corkery and I am the Director of Sport Governance and Strategy at Sport Australia. Over this series, we will take a deep dive into the sport governance principles and how they come to life in practice. Each podcast will focus on an individual principle with a special guest joining me to share their experiences and practical advice with respect to that principle. In today's episode we are focusing on principle seven the defense a system which protects the organization to proactively protect the organization from harm the board ensures the organization has and maintains robust and systematic processes for managing risk to discuss principle seven and the scorecard i'm joined by jackie scammell jackie is a renowned people expert for internal and external relations helping organisations remember that great service is not always about the systems and processes, but about the simple, everyday interactions you have with real people. Her techniques and tools for engaging and motivating large service teams have evolved from her experience working in organisations such as McDonald's, Wembley National Stadium and Melbourne and Olympic Parks. Jackie has been serving on the Sports Inclusion Australia board since 2019 and brings a service mindset to her role within the organisation. Jackie is a published author of Service Mindset, which made the top 50 business books for 2018, and Service Habits, which was published in 2020. Welcome, Jackie, and thank you for joining me to discuss the defence. Thank you, Kate. Great to be here. The technical definition of uh, risk under the ISO 31000 is the effect of uncertainty on objectives. How would you define risk in practice, though? Well, in, in practice, risk is really about
0: weighing up anything that's going to prevent us from meeting our strategic plans or goals. But more importantly, our promises to our stakeholders, um, being you know, our members, our customers. And so we're continually keeping an eye on that and, um, and looking at, I guess, weighing up the different measures of risk, the different levels of risk and determining you know, what needs our, our core focus more than other parts of, of running a, a,
1: a, an organisation or a business. So when we are looking at those strategic goals and, and those promises to our stakeholders, risk is usually referred to as negative. Um, is risk always a bad thing or can it be a positive? Well, I think like everything,
0: there's a really good balance and weighing up, you know, looking at things like, you know, the data and what evidence is providing us, but also bringing emotional filters when we make decisions. You know, we've got to make balanced decisions. So risk can bring a balanced weighted view of, Um, how well we're performing uh, as an organisation. And I I think in many ways that can be very positive. It encourages us to be open-minded, it encourages us to ask questions. um, And the more we do that, the more we're able to eliminate arriving at decisions, thinking we know all the answers and actually keeping an open mind to really what is our reality and what is the reality of our key stakeholders. And I think you know if we do a full circle back to risk, That's a healthy way of leading any organisation. So I see it as really positive, Kate.
1: And if you're a director and you're sitting around a sport board table, how does the board know what its key risks are, know what its key challenges and emerging issues are?
0: Well, you know, we at Sports Inclusion Australia um, have supported on some some brilliant external uh, experts like... um, your good selves at sports Australia to create you know independent reviews and help us understand what is our criteria. so I think it's important to to start there know, know what your criteria is, what sort of forms your risk assessment if you like and then the consequences of that. So the scale of, of each of those, those key criteria, whether it be your technology, whether it be um, your governance, whether it be your financial risk, and then understanding the different levels of consequences. So um, start there um, and have it really well documented. That's something that um, I've been extremely impressed with Sports Inclusion Australia, not only good documentation, but maintaining that documentation and keeping it up to
1: date. That's right. I mean, one of the the challenges we have is that you can write really good documentation, but then it it sits in someone's inbox or or on someone's PC. Um, Does the Sport Inclusion Australia board regularly consider um, some of the risks that you've spoken about there, financial risk, strategic risk, reputational risk, technology risk, uh, regularly as a part of its um, board discussions?
0: Yeah we do and one thing um, that I think's been really important on our journey is getting close to our stakeholders and so as a a consequence of that what we formed was working groups with different stakeholders Um, and those working groups have all got their terms of reference but in essence, what we're doing is exactly that. We're continually reviewing the key areas or the key focus areas that we need to focus on as an organisation and staying close to our st- stakeholders and continually reviewing the relevance, the changing landscape of these risks and getting real time feedback and relevant stories and examples from our stakeholders, those that are out in the field, you know, playing the sports, working with the athletes, working with the parents and the schools and we're keeping a much closer eye on the dial. So I thoroughly recommend that process and it's been a brilliant way of inadvertently managing risk. You know, it feels like we're managing performance, but actually what we're doing is we're also being extremely you know, um, mindful of the changes that come up with, with different parts of risk.
1: It's a really fabulous process and a really sort of engaged live process that, that Sport Inclusion Australia has gone through what are the key documents that now sit within the risk management framework?
0: So we have a risk policy, which, you know, given the year we've had 2020 has been recently updated and it's quite a comprehensive um, risk policy document. We also, off the back of the Global Games, the Enos Global Games last year, that are, that also um, asked us to step up and make sure all our documentation was very thorough, which was which is a great benefit. So when there's... Um, a risk policy document in place. That's kind of like the foundation, if you like, of our documentation. And then all of the other regular meetings, like our governance committee meetings, which we put in place a few years ago, our board meetings, and then these working group conversations or meetings, if you like, are all well documented. But I think the key point here is that it's fluid and it refers back to an overarching framework Um, It refers back to an overarching SWOT that we did a few years ago. We're continually looking at how we're progressing. So the documentation is almost like a progress report in a way um, to see how well we're performing against those risks that we've identified.
1: And so having regard to uh, the framework and those documents and the working groups and process, does the board have confidence that the current systems give them sufficient oversight of risk in order to support its decision-making?
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's great again to surround yourself with some fabulous external advisors like your legal counsel um, and other people that can validate and acknowledge that, you know, what we think is is real is, 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 um, is a true indicator of managing risk. Um, I, I think it's key to note as well that, you know, we've got a really good mix of board members, Kate, that come from different backgrounds, different experiences. Past, present, and emerging—you know—in in the field of um, NSOs, and so we we bring a, a whole heap of different lenses and views on risk, and I think that's extremely healthy as a board. The other point that I wanted to make too—that's um, I guess gives us indication that we're tracking well and gives me confidence in our decisions around risk is that we've recently explored a lot of collaborations and um, you know collaborating with Australian Sporting Alliance and and other um, fantastic cohorts like Blind and Deaf Sports Australia has again raised our efforts and our awareness on how well we're tracking and what progress we're making. And it sort of strengthened other cohorts around us as well. So yeah, I feel quite confident that we're 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 managing and measuring risk well.
1: Now you've just mentioned there um, the recently formed Australian Sporting Alliance for people with a disability. And Sport Inclusion Australia is one of nine um, national sporting organisations for people with a disability who formed this alliance. Um, and and the vision of this alliance is about all Australians having an opportunity to engage in sport and physical activity in a welcoming and inclusive environment. It's it's an innovative collaboration. It's an exciting collaboration. What is the risk of organisations not looking to collaborate um, and work together um, either within a sport or across sport organisations uh, in the current world?
0: Well we've gained a lot from the collaborations in the past you know 12 18 months particularly this year when everyone had to innovate and think quite differently about the communication models and the way we were getting out to the people our key stakeholders those at the front line Um, and so the collaboration has been incredibly um, incredibly beneficial you know, it's shown us a few things. So early on, it shows us where we've got strengths and opportunities, and so when we collaborate, we can actually, again, raise each other and leverage off each other's strengths and raise each other with the areas of opportunity. And I think there's a huge risk if we don't do that, because, you know, we, we can't always get the, the key um, skills and capabilities from people around the table. Sometimes we need to look out outside our, our boardroom as such. Um, the other thing that 's been extremely effective is the way we um, we bring our different delivery practices to our key our key stakeholders, so the way we actually deliver um, sport and there are lots of different practices that we can do that with the minimal resources that we have. So when we collaborate, we get access to greater resources and you know, access to greater pond of, of funding, so to speak, because when we collaborate, we're stronger and we've got, we've got more to offer. So I think the risks of not collaborating is that you're potentially limiting the way you, you, your delivery model with the way you deliver the sport, you're potentially limiting your access to certain funding. And I also think you're you know, potentially limiting your, um, your strengths and capabilities around the table.
1: Absolutely. And the advocacy impact of um, the Australian Sporting Alliance for people with a disability has already been um, well felt, even in the first couple of months. I guess the other thing that, that comes to mind here is um, when you, you look at Sport Inclusion Australia and and their inclusion of people with an intellectual disability into the mainstream community using sport as the medium, why is inclusion in sport so important? And what is the risk of not working to make sport more inclusive? And when I talk about risk there, I talk about risk to um, society generally, risk to the individuals, um, risk to organisations. I mean, inclusion in sport is just such a critical um, issue.
0: It really is. You know, the Australian government reported last year that more than 4 million Australians have some form of disability, which is and around, that's 18% of the population, Kate. And you know, um, 22% of that is is mental or behavioural disorder. So we, we really are talking about a large component of our population who, um, you know, need and benefit from access to sport. And one of our philosophies at Sports Inclusion Australia is that we want to make sure no one is left behind. So the impact of um, the work that Sport Inclusion Australia does really does impact a large percentage of society as to their friends, their family, their carers. It gives all of these people access to community, to um, mainstream sport competitions and all of what comes with that. The risk of, of not having access to these, uh, these, these sporting uh, communities and competitions, treating the person as a person and all of their entourage, their family, friends and community that come with that, is, you know, there's a few things. Um, they're customers, just like everyone else. So there's a financial risk. Um, and we're all, you know, the, the share of wallet. We're, we're all looking for, you know, some sort of um, contribution from society. So I think that there's a financial risk if we don't involve um, and, and consider uh, in, inclusion across all aspects of disability. Um, there's also the mental health that, you know, has been a huge element this year physical health, emotional wellbeing. Um, When people are connected to community and feel like, you know, they're not separate and they're not different and they're just like just like you and me um, when it comes to sport and sport has the most incredible way of bringing people together and um, I guess dissolving differences in people. And this is what has a huge impact on making people feel connected. And hasn't it been the year where we've really noticed the importance of social connection?
1: Absolutely. Look, it's really important that um, we continue to understand there's more risk of not making sport um, inclusive and that there is lots of support um, out there for boards to ensure that they um, understand and, can, and manage some of the, the, the practical um, risks of um, increasing and diversifying their participation um, programs in favour um, of inclusivity I guess my final question today is around the cultural tone um, of managing risk. And, and we know that um, the role of the board is to set and, and monitor the, the culture of the organisation, but the way in which a board deals with culture and, and risk is important. So what's your view of, of managing risk being a part of business as usual and not something that should be separate from operations?
0: yeah i think it's good business it's good practice to bring risk into your day-to-day um vernacular your day-to-day awareness it's part of the conversation right it's it's not like let's sit down and have a risk discussion (laughs) i think that if you um bring risk into a conversation that is you know proactive it's putting the person first in the conversation the needs of the business in the center of the conversation or the you know the, the sporting organization then it helps people rise above, you know, thinking about it as risk and actually seeing it as. This is good business. It's good practice, and it's actually going to make us better than tomorrow. And don't don't we all want that in anywhere that we're professionals and we're you know we're striving towards a common goal or or vision? So you know sometimes I just say you know maybe don't talk about the word change if people don't like change, and if people find the word risk a little bit you know off-putting, don't use the word risk. Um, you know replace it with something else because it's everywhere and it's um it's an incredibly important part of um of doing good
1: business. Thank you for those insights, Jackie. Hugely valuable and thank you for joining me to talk about Principle Seven, the Defence. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Kate. If you would like to access a copy of the Sport Governance Principles, you will find them at the SportOz website. sportoz.gov.au forward slash governance. If you have any feedback or questions, please email us at sportsgovernance at ausport.gov.au. My name is Kate Corkery and I look forward to you joining me for the next podcast in the Sport Governance Series.